Hi, my friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here. We are in the midst of Advent. I hope it's going well for you. Allison and I have a great episode for you today. She's back from walking the red carpet at a movie premiere in Los Angeles. She's so fancy, and she still hangs out with us. We're so very thankful for that. We're thankful that you would spend some time here with us as well in the middle of your week. We hope that it's going well for you. We talk about her LA trip. Uh, I make fun of her son as, as he's uh, accomplishing way more than I am. Uh, we also, uh, I, I try a joke and like, you know, most of the time, if I'm ever funny in the show, it's by accident. I, I tried. I really tried. I like wrote a joke. I was proud of it and it just bombed. So uh, if you enjoy seeing me bomb on things that I think are funny, you'll enjoy uh, a good portion of today's show. Uh, Allison also wrote a new Advent talk. She shares some of her thoughts on Advent. Uh, I also share some um, revelations that I had about Advent that I've been thinking about and praying with uh, at Mass and ever since uh, this past weekend's Mass. And she was like genuinely shocked and surprised that I had spiritual insight. So I was a little offended by that, but I hope that you enjoy that uh, either way. And then finally, to close the show, we end the show with an argument, uh, because in Allison's words, she didn't want to start with this segment because she didn't want to do the show angry. So instead, she decided to just leave angry. Uh, we have differing opinions over the cancellation of Matt Rife, and uh, we're going to talk about it. So uh, we are very, very happy. We are celebrating her successes in the first episode. We are sharing spiritual insights in the second, and then just arguing tooth and nail uh, in the final. So we hope that you enjoy this very holiday themed episode uh if you do enjoy it please hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening thanks have fun hello there and welcome to forte catholic i am taylor schroll and that is allison julissa sullivan julissa it's stuck julissa that might do be you temporary. Love me? Very- <laughs> are you writing not by you um there's a whole variation of that that's like, what is the, oh, Kiki, yes. Do you love me? No. Are you riding? Not by you. It's, yeah. So now I can't do it without the, you know how, okay, you know, you know the song, turn around and then you see, okay, but then you see Wedding Crashers and I won't, you know, go into all that, but you cannot sing that song without the Wedding Crasher edition or version. Yeah. That's that was, how that, that was one is just, um, like that's been circling on social media. I know exactly why oh. it's on your mind because it's been. Uh, oh, well, this I haven't week. seen it on social media, but I cannot sing "Turn Around" old. without. <laughs> I'm just old. Yeah. No, that was that was a popular social media trend this week of everybody sharing about that. Oh. Scooter McGavin retweeted it. Do you know who Scooter McGavin no. is? No. Uh, he's from uh, the, probably a really offensive comic. Uh, yeah, the Adam Sandler <laughs> golfing movie. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, you want to start now? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, there. I'm Taylor Schwall, and that's Julissa. So uh, you just took a very fancy schmancy trip. I did. Where'd you go? It was so great. Well, you know, Los Angeles is just my second home and all. Mm-hmm. I, I love LA. I feel like we're not supposed to love LA because LA is so LA. And I, I love, love LA. LA. I love LA. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's so bright and cheery and the people are ambitious and hopeful and even, you know, the... Uh, hopeful. <laughs> um, broken 
and forcing themselves to be hopeful is mostly mostly what I see about my friends in LA. Yeah, well, I don't. There's just something a little. Um, I don't know. There's the like the future is so bright, and then it's like literally bright. Like there's just great light in LA. <laughs> I feel like it's hard to take a bad picture. I don't know. It's e- just everybody in LA walks around with one of those ring lights. Yeah, like it's just like <laughs> tied to their shoulder. It's like a little. It's like a parrot, <laughs> and it's just there hanging from their shoulder. So they're always looking good and ready for uh, yeah. a selfie. Even the parts of LA that I feel like, you know, you're probably supposed to be annoyed by charm me. So anyways, yes, we went to LA and I got to go with my oldest kid, which was a great time. He has come to love LA. He's been a couple of times now too, um, for work type stuff. And it was great. It was great memories. It was a good party. Um, we were invited to the premiere of The Shift. So yeah. Which is a movie that if people listen to your podcast, Inner Saint Sister, yes. uh, you've had the... Um, director on a couple yes. of times and uh, so you've been talking this up and then you got invited to yeah. the premiere because you're a fancy schmancy tiktok star well and uh y'all went to the premiere so i want to ask you about that but my my first like um observation yes was two things okay one you looked very nice thank you like i was like <laughs> my, my first thing <laughs> uh the, the positive and negative thing yeah. were both under the umbrella of you belong here. Like, okay. like you look like, like you didn't look like a ten- Texas country bumpkin in LA. Like you look like LA. Like, That's just what I was going for. And so like, I, I literally saw a picture of you and your son uh-huh. and I was like, you belong here. And the you belong here for you was that you just looked nice and didn't look like a Texas country bumpkin. Uh-huh. The you belong here for your son is like, he kind of looked like a prick. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He will delight in that. Yeah. He, he was wearing, uh, he was wearing this like turtleneck up to his, up to his like, and mm-hmm. by turtleneck I mean his whole neck was covered yeah. by, the, Not by a mock. this turtle. No yeah, yeah. And he was wearing um, a cross chain, which I've I've commented on him. I've messed with him on on Instagram because he he'll like share him wearing a cross chain and then a rap song with a uh-huh. bunch of cuss words uh-huh. and then you know look at me i'm such a great brother and then you know it just goes yeah. back and forth and i'm like i understand that life i live that <laughs> life you know <laughs> public school high school all baby. true <laughs> yeah. all true uh, and but he just refused to smile which yeah. is another thing that i've yelled yeah. at him about for forever yeah he, him and like it's like me commenting on on your jacket uh, a couple yes. of times ago uh-huh. you were so mad at me that I commented oh, on your style because they're like, Thank you. you don't have any style, Taylor. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean I can't point out your flaws. It doesn't just mean that I don't I have, have a opinion. plank in my own eye. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. I can still see yours. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> I, I have pointed out to him, like, he's he's a he's a, a, a star. He's y- y'all's, y'all's TikTok and he's got more Instagram followers. Like, he's a, he's a star, right? Yeah. He, he refuses to look at the camera. Mm-hmm. At least in LA, he looked at the camera, just refused to smile. Yeah. I'm like, you look like a pompous LA yeah. like child star. Yeah. And I'm like, you belong here. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No, I love it. He did. He, and he felt right at home, by the way. Like he was not nervous at all. I don't know that I was nervous as much as I was. I don't walking into, I, first of all, I don't like a crowd. Um, I'm not necessarily, I'm necessarily, I'm not an extrovert. I'm not an extrovert. So small talk is hard for me. Like if you're not going to just, you know, if we're not going to get to the good stuff, then I'd really rather just kind of bounce. So I was nervous it's weird that you've been on this show for so long. <laughs> about having to 
you know, schmooze with people I didn't necessarily feel like I have a whole lot in common with, at least not, you know, maybe on the onset. And, and so I, you know, I get anxious at a party at home, you know, let alone in LA. And so he was not anxious at all. And I was, and it was just this really fun dynamic of, um, having your kid as your person. Like that was just this really weird role reversal that was fun. So yeah, it was great. It was a good time. My plus one. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So y'all went for this shift film. Yes. Uh, How was it? It was good. It was really good. It's um, so it's sci-fi genre, which is not my genre of choice, but it's a little genre bending because there is like some family drama, um, but it's a multiverse never seen sci-fi. type of Like the most situation. famous sci-fi is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's legitimately only a family drama. Yeah, right, right, right. No, I hear that. I hear that. But they're like, so, but there's like this little meat cute in the beginning, you know, that just feels really relational. And I don't know, it just wasn't what I was expecting. Um, and it's great. It has this big message of hope. Um, it's, you know. Would the, you say a thrill of hope? <laughs> um, a world rejoicing. There <laughs> is the uh, protagonist. The the main character is has just basically gone through a lot. It's loosely based on the book of Job. And I really like Brock's dedication to the book because it's not so tight to the book in the Bible that or the the person of Job that it would kind of box out somebody who doesn't believe, but it is, um, his name is job in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tricky. Um, but it is, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious. And there is a little bit of scripture worked throughout that you're like, oh, I see what's going on here. Um, he, he did a great job. He did a really great job. I want my biggest complaint with Christian art is that I feel like there's a spirit of fear when we put things out into the world to be received by believers and non-believers alike, where Christians feel like we need to over explain or, um, you know, we need to tell some cautionary tale about the, it's like, you know, like the, um, when you watch the news, there's like a ticker line running underneath. Mm-hmm. It's like, a Christian artist will flirt with the concept, but there's always the ticker line running underneath. That's like, we're going to wrap this up soon. We're going to give you the real answer in a minute. And I love that Brock let us go home and, and turn some things over our own selves. I really appreciated that. So yeah, everybody should definitely go check it out. Is it a Christian film or is it a film by Christians? It is a Christian film. Okay. So it's like, it's like overt, like, like a non-Christian would know that it's a Christian film if they watched it. Yes, because okay. there is a antagonist that is clearly like an enemy working for evil, and there is a lot of prayer incorporated. So, yeah. The bad guy in this movie is a perennial bad guy and one of my favorite bad yeah. guys from one of my favorite TV shows. Because he's amazing and, at being a bad guy. And Yeah, he's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, terrifying. We, 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 you were over here yesterday, and we talked about, this a little bit and I, I pulled him up and I'm like his like the we're talking about LA right and like uh. the picture that you want like you would have like the most glamorous picture of you ever he looks terrifying in his like right. main picture no, for his IMDB or whatever yeah. like he's a scary person you know how if like when someone does their character really really well and you see them out in public and it's like I'm mad at you literally he's the one I do not have a selfie with. Cause I'm a little bit afraid of you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, is it, uh, is McDonough, is it Neil? Neil, Neil, Neil McDonough. Neil McDonough right? Yeah. Uh, he was the bad guy for a season. I want to say like, uh, uh, 
season three, four, five, like a mid season yeah. of the Arrow. So like Green Arrow, DC Comics on uh, the WB when they were doing their whole thing. So he was kind of like uh the green arrow was like the person they built their whole like tv expansive thing that lasted like eight ten years with like the flash and all that stuff he was the bad guy in that and i think he's he's if he's not the best bad guy he's the second best bad guy in that whole series yeah. and uh, I, I remember learning um some stuff about him like some stuff about the actor mm. during the season like he's he's kind of like the crime mob boss guy but yeah. he's like he's one of those people that like uh, he's like he's not evil personified like Darth Vader in Star Wars right. was like evil personified, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. He's more like I'm I'm the the opposition to you because like it's it, not that he's a good guy. That's not what I'm saying at all. But he's like I'm doing this for my family and protect my wife mm-hmm. and to protect mm-hmm. my kids mm-hmm. and. You know, so he always has a motive, I guess. That's not yeah. just pure evil. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. His motives are good, but the way that he goes his about methods it are bad. is yeah. bad, right? Yeah. Um, which makes him compelling right because you're like well if i was him i'd protect my wife and kids sure, too, you know? like, yes um, yeah yeah and, yeah but he's he's just utterly terrifying but i remember um hearing stuff about him that like like his wife in the show is gorgeous and they're supposed to be madly in love and like they never kiss and then there's mm. never like a love scene or, or whatever uh-huh, uh-huh. and like i i found out later it's because he's like yeah like i'm ma- uh, he's catholic like he's mm. a member of catholic speakers organization wow i am yeah. a member of catholic yeah. speakers organization. Yeah. so like 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 when I joined Catholic Speakers, I was scrolling through and I like, you know, had to scroll down like eight pages to find mine. But on page seven, I was like, ah! Wow. <laughs> there he was, right? I didn't know. Um, yeah. But he's like super Catholic. He's like, I refuse to kiss another woman. I refuse to do like a sex scene, all, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't think, I, I think the other thing was cussing. It's been a few years now. But like, he's like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to pretend to do bad like right it was weird like he was doing right. bad things but he's like i'm not going to do things that like actually compromise who i am which was this interesting thing like part of me is like okay come on like you're an actor like you could probably kiss like isn't that the whole like the thing you're like you can go home and be like oh no honey uh, I, I was I, I was getting paid not her or whatever I, I don't know i don't know i don't know like isn't that part of the point like we, we've all seen uh maybe well maybe not I, I was gonna make the argument that like everybody in Hollywood does it, but then again, their marriages last like 19 minutes. So right, <laughs> maybe, right. maybe there is something to it. But anyway, it was just kind of cool to see like a good Catholic dude do well, and yeah. now I see that he's in this movie, and well, uh, so the movie must be a horror film. <laughs> yeah, well, and he is obviously doing well, but I would imagine that that's costly. Like I would imagine that there are plenty of producers, directors, writers, whatever that are not willing to work around that. I mean, I'm sure it's cost him. So that's pretty noble. So uh, my real question for you is how hard would you push back if you had to kiss another man in Hollywood? I definitely would not do a love. I would need to, I would need to talk about it with Seth for sure. Like, I, I mean, my comfort level might be different than his and I would want to respect his. I would want, we are one. I would want to take it all as one comfort level. Um I don't think I need to do any like open mouth kissing, but I mean, I think a good morning is probably fine. Closed mouth like this? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like a headbutt. Like a, your, like, a, like a a greeting. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to greet one another with a holy with kiss? Holy, th- see, that's, that's, the, that's what I'm kind of talking about. I was like, we need to find a Christian way around this. I was just greeting this man I have a crush on with a holy kiss. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's interesting though. I, it's just one of those, like, it doesn't like, I, I just don't think it should bother somebody that's in like if you're an actor like it's it's part of acting you know like I, I i guess i would say this my line probably wouldn't be kissing i think there is a line yeah <laughs> eventually you know yeah but interesting okay what about so okay we have to clean 
we can't just clean the outside of the cup, right? I mean, we know that we have to, you have to clean the inside of the cup. What good is a cup if the inside of it's dirty? So we know that Jesus is always drawing us interiorly, interiorly, interiorly. So it's not really about the kiss as much as it is about, do you want to kiss that person versus I really don't want to kiss them, but the script is calling me to kiss them. And so I'll do my job, but like, I don't want to kiss them. Neil McDonough, don't want to. Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> right, right. But that's just it. Like, I don't need to be kissing in any way. I don't need to be called. I don't need to obey the script in any way if it's Jennifer Lawrence. Like, that's bad for me. You know what I mean? Versus, um, oh, I have to kiss Neil McDonough in the morning. Uh, hello, kiss. Like, it's probably fine. You know, so I think it's really about what's going on in here. Now I'm thinking about headbutting Neil McDonough and Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, <got him. laughs> I, I just think it's interesting. And like, we're going to talk about this later on. It's a similar kind of thing of like, just the area that you're in, like where you are and what you're doing, I think matters. Like if you're playing pretend, play pretend. Right? Do it. Uh, to, yes. To a some certain extent, like it doesn't give you freelance to, yeah, you know, th there's a different section in Los Angeles that's for those kind of videos. You know, like I, I don't know. It just doesn't bother me. And I think like Matt Damon kissing another woman probably shouldn't bother his wife. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I think yeah. it's just part of I don't know either the, the, the life that you've chosen. But um, yeah, I think it's about chemistry. If you have chemistry with that person, like we don't need we. That's not. That that what and but then if there's not then it's I don't know it, it would be bad weird. art if it would be bad art if you don't have any chemistry and so then you just make you do what Neil McDonough has done to bring it all the way back around and say I don't I just don't do that no nope. think it's a perk of the, of the business <laughs> why you should not be doing that but I think uh, like one of the things that bothers me about um, art in general or even like art criticism is just like that's just real life. Like to go a completely different direction. It bothers me when Christians push back against gay people being in a show or a movie or whatever. Like how dare, you know, Disney or whatever, put a gay character mm. in when like people argue about the percentages. My, my guess is somewhere yeah. around eight to 12%. Like that, that's the sources I trust eight to 12% of the, um, world is probably some kind of gay, right? So like eight to 12% of the characters being gay doesn't bother me. Yeah. Now, if they're feeling like it's shoving down my throat and 80% of the characters are gay, that's not real life. But you know what else isn't real life? No gay characters ever. Or like yeah. no black characters ever. It's so like, what, what, what are the statistics of black people in America? 25, 30%? I don't know. It's whatever, right? Whatever that percentage is, that should probably be what's... Now, if you're, <laughs> you know, in like downtown Detroit, it might need to be 80%. Like, yeah. but like... When it doesn't feel real is when it bothers me, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so, like, if every couple isn't kissing on TV, that would bother me the same way that, like, I don't know. It's just people get mad about the weirdest stuff when it comes to, yeah. when it comes to, like, art. Right. And, yeah. And and what they take in and do they feel represented. And and that's, you know, I, I think that uh, the movie is probably getting some mixed reviews because, when you open it up to people who aren't expecting a hopeful Christian message in a movie, like I came to the movies like to get away from, you know, to get away from hope. 
I don't know, <laughs> to get away from an agenda, yeah, you know, yeah. and to not feel like, um, it, you know, which I think he does a good job of that. But um, and then you're getting other reviews from people who are like, oh, thank goodness I can experience something that I relate. So it's a lot of it's about representation, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and I felt I felt well represented. It Not everything had a nice, tidy ending. Things don't, you know, and so I I really appreciated what he made. Uh, I think I've talked to you before about, uh, have you seen The Way with Martin Sheen and his son, Mm-mm. Emilio Estevez? Uh, it's my favorite Christian movie ever. Mm. For, for uh, It sounds like a lot of the similar reasons like you like uh, that you liked The Shift is because uh, there is always this tidy ending. And the tidy mm-hmm. ending in Christian films usually means the bad guys either are all dead or Christian now. Like the atheist is Christian or the Muslim sure. uh, is, you know, got hit sure. by a bus or whatever. I think that was the opposite in the movie I'm thinking about. The Muslim converted and the atheist got hit by a car. I'm just like, yay, everyone wins. I'm like, did they though? Like the whole point's conversion. He didn't convert. Like, you know, he's dead. You know, yeah. he's in hell now. Yay! You know, like, it's just very strange. Uh, like, oh, have mercy. But I, or that's just like, you know, Everyone was a cokehead, and now they're the right, now they're yeah. the priest or whatever. Yeah, and I'm just like that's just not most people's stories. Okay, the the point one 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 percent of people felt represented. I did not like that's just not my story or most people sitting in our church's story. But the way was uh, Martin Sheen plays this grumpy old dad, and his son dies on the on um climbing this mountain doing like the way. So the uh, Compostela was the um. The way of St. James. I can't think of the, uh-huh. the, the the name of it, but it's the um the pilgrimage that you take to the way of oh, St. James uh-huh. oh, okay. and, oh, yeah. and you can okay. take all these different routes and whatever. So it's a mm. Catholic pilgrimage. A lot of other Christians do it too. But it's a Catholic pilgrimage. Um where you walk for day, weeks and and so every character, like the Martin Sheen character is just um not 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 a Christian, super grumpy, all about work, all about money, and like didn't get to connect with the son really before his son died so he's going to like get his son's remains and to finish his walk for him mm. so it's like it's kind of this the, the 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 dad's grief this other guy um is me just kind of good guy but with some flaws chubby overweight like he's legitimately me and like when i first watched the movie he wasn't because i was like skinny <laughs> but now i'm like oh my gosh that's me right and like he's literally doing it because like i want to lose weight uh-huh. And maybe this will be a good spiritual experience for me. Uh, like that's uh-huh, my uh-huh, lot, uh-huh. you know. Like, like yeah. and and then this other lady, she's like, she's trying to quit smoking. And like by the end, she's almost quit smoking. The fat guy's exhausted because <laughs> yeah. and, and like feels a little bit good about himself. Yeah. And the dad has let go of a small amount of the guilt and is maybe having a glimmer of hope that mm. maybe he'll connect with faith again. Maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's over. Yeah. And it's just like that's so much more representation of like my and i and i think most people's experience of faith it's just like we're kind of good and kind of bad and we're trying to get a little bit better and like literally because the movie they're walking but like take the next little step forward and eight steps back and five steps forward and 12 steps back and 15 steps forward and one step back like that's it was the most like I thought real life, actual representation of like faith in a movie that I've ever seen. I think that it shows, I don't know that courage or bravery is the right word. I said this in my, I thought you were bringing up the movie, the Christian movie. Courageous. No, (laughs) no, no. The, um, I said this to Brock. We were meant to be courageous. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I did a, anyway. Um, (laughs) so 
Um, I was having this conversation with Brock just yesterday and I was saying, I don't know that courage is the right word. I don't know that bravery is the right word. I think that it might be confidence, but, and I tell this story a lot, um, that I had a a question about, uh, something about our Catholic faith that bothered me. And when I brought it to him and all my good arguments, um, this you bring it to? priest I love. Oh, um, I, I yeah. You're, you mentioned the Brock Lord. at the beginning of the story, oh, and no. I was like, he's not Catholic. Yeah. Why are you asking him? No, what is the Catholic Church? He's like, I'm Baptist. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, and so the priest said, I encourage your search. Mm. And there was just Good a lot of, I, right. There was a lot of confidence in that. And so I, I love that. Do I know this priest? Um, no, oh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I encourage your search. And, I I loved that what he he thought that I was asking good questions. Uh, you're asking great questions, and I know that God doesn't hide, and so I'm gonna um, affirm you and trust that the Holy Spirit. I, I'm gonna give you the the answer. You know, I mean, that wasn't the only thing he said, but um, I'm gonna give you the answer, and then I'm gonna trust a Holy Spirit to just to finish a work in you. You know, and I. I think that that strong arming of the ticker tape on the bottom, it makes people feel manipulated. And I don't think that anyone will feel this way in that movie. And that matters to me or, or the way or, or whatever. And I, I don't think that Christians get good feedback about their art and it's our own fault. Because, oh, I get plenty of feedback. Well, about my art. but you might it not sucks. take it's it. It's the worst. I hate this. How dare you be Catholic? You're fat. You're bald. That's, that's the, that's my art. <laughs> but you might not take it. And here's why. I think that Christians have a bad habit of saying, well, that's just the persecution I was promised instead of, am I creating oh, no, I bad I art? I, <laughs> you no, know? I'm just like, they're an asshole. And <laughs> well, and then blocked. there's that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, I think that a lot of times Christian art can have this subpar quality because we as Christians refuse to take feedback mm-hmm. Because it's the persecution we've been promised, or you're making bad art. So, anyways, I just I think that there's a lot of factors at play when it comes to making a decent Christian movie. So, yeah, it's interesting. I've never really thought about the persecution thing, just because like it doesn't like the I'm being persecuted line pisses me off. So I don't right. think about it. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> like I get anti-Catholic stuff a few times a day. I'm just yeah. like, I just don't engage with it. I'm just like, you're blocked and it's over. Yeah. You know? But like, I don't know if I've ever genuinely be per- been persecuted. I'm like, uh, and then I can hear everybody and I can hear everybody listening. I'm like, oh, maybe that's because you're not a good enough Catholic. And I'm like, well, oh, I don't yeah. know, man. No, it's, or a, it's because you know what real persecution we, looks like. We live like. in America. It's Texas. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting shot by arrows. It's yeah, fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fed the lions. It's, it's a very funny thing because you're right. I'll, oh, oh, we're being persecuted. I'm like, no, you, you just suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I totally get that. Totally get All right. Well, uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, the show. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I like sharing new shows with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a show called. I like it when you share new shows with me too. There's a show called Ragnarok on on okay. Netflix. It's in another language, which I know is gonna surprise you that I love it. Uh-huh. Uh, you can either watch it in the other language with English subtitles, or you can watch a very poorly dubbed English version. Uh-huh. Uh, depending on the mood I'm in. Interesting. I do. See, you surprised I, I, me I too. Both, I know we right? surprise each other about the shows we like, but we we like the same shows. I started watching Barry, by the way. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. I love Barry. Yeah, Speaking about uh, s- strange uh, 
uh, moral conundrums. Yeah, right. Like, oh, Barry, right. wait, hold on. <laughs> what am I rooting for? But exactly. In, in Ragnarok, it's like a modern day telling, like in Scandinavia, where like the, the these two kids find out that they're Thor and Loki. Mm-hmm. Like they're born like mm-hmm. normal human beings. They grow up as normal human beings, mm-hmm. and then the giants show up. Like the the reason that I immediately saw. Silas Prick in LA pictures because uh-huh, uh-huh. he looks exactly like the bad guy in this family. So okay. you're gonna have to watch it. Yes. I don't. I don't know. Like I this. I don't know. Do you like yeah. foreign film stuff? Yes. You seem kind of hoity toity enough yeah. to want to to want to like a foreign foreign I'll take language. That is a compliment. Um, so yeah, I, I I I'm gonna need to show you this picture of this of this okay, bad guy because he looks it. exactly like Silas. So uh, what I'm saying is Silas might have a uh, uh, a future a in future film. In, uh-huh. It just might not be in Hollywood. It might be in like Iceland. <laughs> Perfect. Take me with you, kid. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If your accountant is pestering you to do some year-end donations, boy, do I have an idea for you. ForteCatholic.com slash donate is a way that you can support the ministry that we are doing here at Forte Catholic. Our entire goal is to share the good news of the gospel with as many people as possible. And a lot of that we do through Catholic media, through creating this show, through our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic, and also helping uh, over 20 other Catholic creators produce and edit their content as well so that uh, Catholics on the internet can enjoy themselves and learn something instead of just yelling at each other. So if that's something you want to support, you can give a one-time donation for the catholic.com slash donate or uh, you can join our team of uh, over 35 people that give monthly to support our ministry here uh, we would really really appreciate it and we are a catholic nonprofit. the church is okay with us and the government's okay with us neither are thrilled but they're both okay with us uh, so it would help with your uh, taxes so we would appreciate that for the catholic.com slash donate thanks welcome back to for the catholic i am taylor stroll i came up with a joke like weeks ago and I've been, did you just put more stuff on your lips? I did. <laughs> I could tell you why and it would bore you and like be all kinds of TMI. So I won't. <laughs> when you walked in today, the first thing that I noticed was I how shiny your lips were. So, and it, so it's not, and I, immediately in my brain, I'm like, I can't say anything. Uh huh. And then yeah. at least not immediately. I was like, I, this is yeah. one of those things that like, I'll make fun of you on, on your way out. Like yeah. it's, it feels safer, you know? And then, like, you mentioned it, like, five minutes after you got well, here. Okay. it's It just got way worse. Okay, so worse. Okay, so what I've been decorating for Christmas at my house, I have glitter all over my whole face. Like, my whole face it has glitter. And so I got this new stuff in the mail. It's a lip oil, ladies. It's a lip oil. I recommend it. Um, I do not. <laughs> Taylor, I think it's distracting to Taylor. It's kind of like a fish and like something it silver. Is. We it's just like, talked about kissing and you're like, hey, look at my lips. No, stop. Okay. Well, mm, I don't know what to say about that, except that when I turned 40, friends, my lips started peeling off my face. And so lip oil. Is that it's, what menopause is? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of surprises, to be honest. But lip oil is like, it's pretty intense. And so anyways, the lip oil plus the glitter, it's a lot. We're dealing with a lot. And the lights, and yeah, it's just it's, there's a lot going on. It's the lights. Like yeah, we have two I know. lights like facing right at I'm us. I'm reflecting. I'm, yeah, I'm incredibly, incredibly it's, distracted. I'm, yeah. Uh, so I wrote this joke like weeks ago. Okay. And uh, what's funny is I was going to start the show with it, and you derailed me at the beginning of the show with your words, and now you derailed this segment with, with my, like, like yeah. I, you, you did it, like you turned around, like you knew, like, what, what? <laughs> you watched me put it on. Oh, 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 this is what I was going to say. This is why I had to reapply. Okay. 
again, TMI. Nobody Maybe cares. Maybe I'll start the third segment. It has a little. <laughs> <laughs> it has a little bit of tent in the, but it, it's like a stain more than it is a tent. The ladies will know, and it settles into my crusty lips. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> it settles in. And so I was like, I need to get a schlacked like finish so that it's not just like lines of stain. At least it's like shiny and plump. I think oh, uh, Lordy. you worry a little bit too much about what people think of you. Me and, me and all your friends have been talking about this for a while now. Excuse me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you and all my friends? Yeah. How so? We've been talking about how we think that who uh, Kristen uh, oh uh, B, she would never so uh, now Wesley. I know you're full of it. We've been talking about no, how like no. you, Wesley you, you, okay you start you started naming some other people and I might be like oh, okay Kristen and Wesley talking about me to you. I've talked this is a, this is a hoax. This is a farce. I don't know what's going on, but that's not true. Try you, again. You, you didn't get the joke. What? That Did was I the care? Joke. I, I, <laughs> I love ruining your jokes, but it wasn't even intentional. Do you get it? No. That I got bothered? That you you're talking about, about me? About You worry too much about what people say about you. Me and all of your friends have been talking about it. Like, it's, tri- it's gaslighting. <laughs> you don't get it? No. What are you talking about? Do y'all get it? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm telling you that you worried too much about what people say about you behind your back. And I wasn't and supposed I admitted, to care. And I admitted oh, that we're talking about your back. we're talking about your back. You didn't set it up right. You didn't say that right. Well, I, of course I didn't set it up right. You derailed me twice. <laughs> All the more time to get it together. No. Okay. So now I see what you're saying. Like, you worry that people are talking about you too much. You worry that people are talking about no, you. No, it's a joke. Your friend I, and I have your friends and I have been talking about it. Well, I mean, but oh, don't be mad at me that you didn't say I it am right. Mad at you. Why? For derailing the show twice. I have not derailed the show. I have done my rule to come about here. Your crusty lips be for three minutes. You brought it up <laughs> because it's incredibly so shiny. Just to sit here and just like have you give commentary on my mouth and say nothing. Yeah, that's typically how it no. goes. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> do you want me to be a co-host or do you want me to be a porcelain doll with shiny lips you don't want me to answer that okay uh let's talk about advent <laughs> let's hope wait for good manners yes what about advent You've been waiting for that for a while i just saw the um the like you know how facebook shows you like old memories yes i just saw the old memory of you uh, sharing about your husband being on the show for the first time, which was like episode eight of the show. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is so nice. You had, you were on like episode two uh-huh. and, then, and I, you probably didn't post about it, but you were so proud of your husband Aww. for being on the radio. Yeah. He was talking about healing or something. What was he, he doing? Yeah. He's a doctor. He is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I couldn't remember why you would have any interest, I, but it was about healing in in him. I don't think no, anybody just shocked, as a guest, but... as a guest. Well, there's a reason I don't have guests anymore. I lost interest. <laughs> sure, hard to get along with because because you expect people to sit here quiet. I can't imagine. I, I do not expect you to sit here quiet. This is a speaking medium. I do expect you to not wear lights on your face. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of them could not be helped. All right. Well, how do we move forward? <laughs> Advent, hope, hope. Uh, Advent and hope. So uh, you uh, have had quite the week. We were supposed to record this like three days ago. Uh, But you've had a busy week for a lot of reasons. But part of that, the the first excuse, which I thought was valid, was that you've been writing a lot, which uh, 
means to me, one, you were writing a, I knew some things you were writing. You were writing a podcast, which I would never consider writing. You were writing a talk, which I would never consider writing. Um, what else you, you were writing, but then you were writing like genuine articles too, which I do right. consider writing. Yeah. I had, I had two articles due, by the way, from here media, all Catholics should follow. And then mothering spirit, all mothers should follow. Um, and yeah, both of them, I put a lot of time and effort into because I adore the people that create them, uh, Laura Finucci and Elisa Molina. So, um, yeah, so I, I put a lot of time and effort into that. And it's very strange been- to me that of those two ladies, I know one more that I've never met in real life than I know oh, the right. one that I have met in real life. Right, right, right. That's just the reality of like modern yes. friendships. <laughs> of course, with technology. Um, but then, yeah, and then in addition to LA and just, you know, holidays are busy. So, but I spoke, was that just, when was that? Was that last night? Last night. Was it? Mm-hmm. No, the mm-hmm. night before. Mm, yep. It was the night before. Anyways, it doesn't matter. We have canceled this so many times. But yes, I had you, a speaking you did, engagement. You didn't want to do this episode and I have no idea why. <laughs> St. Faustina's was lovely. Oh, get this. That's where you were? Yeah. In, in Fulcher? Yeah. I love that. Oh, place. my gosh. So last time I was there, there were 50 people at this event. There were like 1,500 people there. I walked in and was like, oh, my gosh. I'm so glad I wore my nice pants. I mean, wow. It was amazing. You didn't amazing. wear that stuff, did you? No. Good. Yeah. You didn't wear it in your LA photos either. I might have. I don't think you did. I didn't, but. I know you didn't because now, they have lights there too. <laughs> now it's going to be an act of defiance. Uh, yeah. Me and my lip oil. That'd be hilarious. Uh, so what were we talking about? Hope. <laughs> no, we were, oh, St. Faustina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I had a guy that works uh, at St. Faustina. is one of my favorite people. And he was on the show one time speaking about our old radio days. So there's a button that we would have to push. Oh, yes. To go off the air and to go on the air. Hmm. And at the end of the show, that is a nightmare waiting to happen. For uh, me. At the end of the show, it could have been a nightmare. It's a miracle that it wasn't. Uh, we went off the air. He was the last segment for some reason. We went off the air and it was right when Carrie Fisher had died. So hmm. we talked about Carrie Fisher dying oh. and how much we loved Princess Leia and, yeah. and like the new Star Wars movie oh and gosh. how they use it, like all this kind of stuff. And that was um, airing and we didn't know this. So I'm glad. That we didn't say anything inappropriate, oh. or we didn't mention uh, anything about her lips. We didn't mention any. Right. We didn't say any cuss words. Nothing. Uh, but the little old ladies that were expecting to hear Catholic news were very confused. Mm-hmm. They're like, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. And they got multiple phone calls. And yeah. now I'm not on the radio. <laughs> that is a shocker. It wasn't immediate, but it wasn't too much longer either. Oh man, that I that makes everything within me just like tense and tighten with anxiety. The the possibility of that is terrifying. How many times this episode do you think uh, they would have hit the stop button on on us talking if we were live on the radio? Uh huh. Um, a good eighteen. I think it's quite a bit. Yeah. Both for reasons I would agree with and reasons I disagree with. <laughs> I'm Just like, that's fair. Why we have no boss. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we run for the Catholic. We're the Do only two thing. people that can uh, that can stop this. And none of us, neither of us have. Uh, Advent. So one of the things that you wrote, you you were very excited. You wrote a new Advent Yeah, talk, I have a new Advent talk. I, I don't write talks. I put bullet points. I'm like, that'll do. Yeah. Um. Well, so... Normally, there's, 
you know, kind of this dive into just, I mean, we're called to wait, you know, we have our, our secular calendar, which is telling us to do more, you know, go buy, bake, um, you know, plan the party, you know, all the things. It's just, we're called to so much more this time of year. And then our sacred calendar is telling us the opposite, which is do less and slow down. And it's actually telling us to do more. It says, actually, you have to go to mass twice at Christmas. I'm like, yeah, that's, you're telling me to do less and then telling me to do more. I'm very confused. And yet adding to my schedule. Um, and so just that slowing down. And then there's always a little bit about Christmas that makes people, I don't know. I, I feel like because of either nostalgia or loss or whatever, it can stir up some complicated emotions. And I usually like kind of trying to affirm that, that or just let people know at least that they're not the only ones experiencing them. Okay. But this, I wanted to, the difference between like a secular hope, which might just be optimism, right? Um, and, and a Christian hope, which is a fulfillment of a promise, you know, like this is coming, a good day is coming because God makes good promises because of his goodness. Um, the difference of those things and then leaning into, but it's probably going to be a surprise. So yes, God is going to answer a good promise, but he's probably going to do it in a surprising way. And probably 2,000 years from now. <laughs> and you might have to wait. So get comfy and rally around Jesus. So anyways, it was a new message about surprise that I really enjoyed writing. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, did you have any like, ah, like scare moment? Like, did you do that? No, but I you, wish I would have thought of you that. You see somebody in the front row, they're not paying attention. Bah! <laughs> Just surprise! Look at my lips! <laughs> <laughs> it's you and Neil McDonough scare is screaming at each other. <laughs> oh <laughs> my look, gosh, both terrified so of each moron. other. Uh, um, no, but it was so in thinking of so think about so you have Jeremiah, right? And so Jeremiah is like this end times prophet and and a prophet a bullfrog and, bullfrog really and a prophet either way <laughs> and i don't know he was actually very unpopular and the reason why is I because understand. he would tell you about all these end times and the end times were terrible it was like disaster and calamity and you know how like a good football coach I don't know if we like want to get into this. I'm sure we'll argue about like Nick Saban. I mean, he's a good football coach, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, right? Like when his team can be up, a bad person and a good football coach. So when his team is up, he's hard on them, you know? So like, similarly, when people were kind of settled in their sin and feeling good, good prophets were like, this is your idolatry. And this is how it's all going to come to an end. And then when the end has come and disaster and calamity is everywhere, that's when they come in with hope. That's when they come in with comfort. They're there. You didn't make the rapture. <laughs> when, when Nick Saban's team is down, that's when he's like, you know. So anyways, the problem. So the lesson is yell at people for doing good and, and encourage and them in doing them. bad. They need hugs when things are bad. They need hugs. And so anyways, when you, if we, so we're called to wait for the good promise. And so we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait because the people are looking all around going, okay, so yeah, there's this good promise, but how? Because this looks terrible. Mm -hmm. How, how, how? Well, Jesus is how, except for the people were so intent on a certain outcome that they didn't even recognize Jesus. Mm. And so Jesus is going to surprise us because all of the people, because they were promised that Israel would be delivered, you know, and saved. It's still under a Roman empire. So they had one primary task for Messiah. If Messiah was going to come, they were going to do one thing. And so when they expected that one thing, 
it just pulled them away from God because he was doing the opposite. He wasn't saying, man, your battle stations. He was saying, love your enemies. You know, he wasn't saying, take up your sword. He was saying, take up your cross. So we have to be open to what God's going to do because nobody thought that he was going to absorb violence and forgive sin and go down to the depths and have victory over death and rise and invite us into a new Jerusalem. It's really interesting because the the virtue that I struggle with the most is hope. Mm. I'm just like, eh, it's not going to get better. Like mm. the, I, I'm a, I'm very much a realist. Like I look at like the world and the church. And I'm just like, eh, it's not going to get any better. You know, like yeah. it's just it's whatever. Like I, I have just, I hear acceptance is good. Like what you're saying is acceptance is bad, but I've just accepted it. I'm like, eh, it sucks. I like it anyway. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> well, you can find um, it. Yeah. So, uh, but what's interesting is that I never thought about like they, the Pharisees, us, the, whatever, right? Like they killed hope. Mm-hmm. Like they, they played an active role in killing the thing, the person that was going to, that was bringing them hope, right? And I'm like, how often me and other people that struggle with hope we 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 kill it like I, like we we play an active role in killing our own hope, which is which is fascinating because like like what you're saying is like it's going to come from where you where you least expect, but also like if I'm just like a, a Grinch, like we're talking about you know like, like uh, a Scrooge or whatever, like I probably play an active role in killing my own hope, and I think I've always kind of um, seen it as external. Like mm. I, I don't, I, I, it's not that I don't accept my own role in every bad thing that I do. Like, cause I think I'm pretty hard on myself when I mess up, but like, I don't think I've ever applied it to hope that like my, I, I've always kind of seen my lack of hope as like, it's because of that stuff out there yeah, or these other people doing this stuff to me or this church. Yeah. It's reactionary instead of, yeah. But I think there is an active role that I play in like, you know, not going to prayer when I'm losing hope or not uh going to God or looking for what God is doing. Yeah. I think I'm just like, eh, just accept it and move on. So I think that's fascinating. I've never thought about that yeah. before. Yeah. I um yeah, I really liked it. I got done I was inspired by a preacher that I love, a Protestant preacher that I love. And um just I don't know, kind of dove into some different new concepts. So good. Yeah. I've got some new Advent concepts as well. I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> Waiting for this punchline. What it's, are they? It's not a joke. I've given up on them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to be serious because you're trying to be serious. Um, one of them is is uh, a little bit more fun than the others, but uh, I have some very real things. And then one that's just like speaking of Scrooges and Grinches, I'm, I'm just tired mm-hmm. of Catholics on the internet telling me to, oh, it's not Christmas, it's Advent. Just shut up. Uh, just, just shut it. Because I like... I'm. It's so annoying because they're all like, "Oh, it's it's not it's not Christmas yet. Don't put up your tree. Don't put up your lights. Don't listen uh, to Christmas songs." And I'm just like, "You need to be doing things. You you need to only be doing things that remind you that Christmas is coming." I'm like, "Well, you know what reminds me that Christmas is coming? Seeing my Christmas lights on my house. Seeing that there's a Christmas tree yeah. in my house. Wrapping presents. Listening to Christmas music. Those things." actively remind me so that weird. it's Christmas time and that Jesus is coming and it helps to remind me. I need reminders. I'm busy. I have reminders set on my phone. Hey, it's time to pray because if I didn't have them, I probably wouldn't do it. Right. And then they're right. like, hey, like don't that. use the Christmas reminders. Shut up! That sounded so grinchy. Like, you <laughs> sounded just like Jim Carrey. <laughs> 
I'm so tired of them being the Grinch. It's killing me. Oh, I agree. Sameness makes me lose my mind. Like, I cannot fathom having an opinion on someone else's Christmas lights and when or how they put them up. I, I cannot fathom that. It's it's And it's like the most popular thing every year. I'm just so tired. And like, I... <laughs> It just logically doesn't make sense. Yeah. Only do things that remind you that Jesus is coming. Like, put up the manger scene. Like, I don't understand what you want me to do. Okay, but, but so they, they must have, they, whoever they are, they must have read something that, um, that made them think and go, oh, that's a good point. And then they have taken this thing that they read. Um, and then they have, they have placed that expectation upon everybody body else. And the problem with that for me is that you can you could invite that idea and then that could be something that someone either took upon like you did or said or this. So I wrote something recently. I read it to a friend to get some good feedback and her questions were yeah, so she told me about that. <laughs> That was funny. So her no, questions It's were just because you got it. You weren't smart enough <laughs> to get it the first time. You're going to listen back and you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay. But um, her questions to me were so things that I had never thought of before that I was, that is a loud jet. Yeah, um, I thought someone was attacking my home. It's I just a plane. I <laughs> thought it was a bodily function. Um, so um, her questions to me were so other than questions I would have asked myself. And it made me, I was grateful. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. And it made me not do exactly what she said, but it did make me change a little bit. And ultimately I came up with something that I felt really proud of and represented how I felt well. And what she said was, it sounds to me like this part is catharsis and not actually like it felt good for you to write, but it actually doesn't serve your purpose. So I want to just remind you or, or ask you of your purpose. She asked good questions. And I just think there's so much respect in this might be different for me than it is for you. Fantastic. That's what makes the world go round is all of this diversity. I'm all about choice too. If you want to be a Grinch, you go ahead. Yes. Yes. It might be the year to be a Grinch. I might punch you in the throat. <laughs> Uh, okay, now for my actual uh, Advent reflections. I, this is from a while ago, and I waited till Advent to share it because I'm a good Catholic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, that's what it is. Can we just like call a spade a spade? It makes them feel like a good Catholic to say and do like these things because they feel very certain that this, you know what certainty does? It just makes people self-satisfied and mean. That's what certainty does. Let's just ask good questions instead. I'm very certain about a lot of things. <laughs> well, and you're also self-satisfied and mean. Yeah, I know. I that, see, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, there you, go. See, you didn't get it again. This uh, Eucharistic Congress thing, you've heard about this. Yes. It's like everybody's yes. doing Eucharistic processions. and like, yes. hey, if you know, we uh, look at the Eucharist, it'll solve all the church's problems. You know, like, that's what they're promoting. Okay. It's not going to work. I mean, it'll, it'll improve things step by step like the way it's not going to be like those cheesy christian movies okay yeah. like we're not winning our country back i'm sorry i like that <laughs> okay uh but it got me thinking about good things so uh mary going to see elizabeth like whenever she uh, oh by the way uh one time I, when i got told not to put up my christmas lights hmm. i was at mass still sweaty from putting up my christmas lights right before mass it made me so happy I just grinned. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, you can't stop me. Okay. Uh, Mary going to see Elizabeth uh-huh. was the first Euchar- Eucharistic procession. 
because Mary had Jesus in her mm, belly, yeah. and she processed wow. to uh, Elizabeth's house. Oh. I liked that a lot. Did you think of that? I did. Your own self? <laughs> yeah. I told really you you'd beautiful. be surprised. <laughs> it, I am. That is really beautiful. I think so, too. Huh. A woman walking by herself through the streets hmm. was the first Eucharistic procession. Hmm. Um, and wow. then when she got there. I'm going to think about that for a long time. Good. Thank you. When she got there, John leaping in her womb was the first adore. Because even before Elizabeth says anything, the infant leaps in her womb, right? It's like the first person to like go to adoration was an unborn baby. This is, why, this is why we keep you around. Every now and then. You will, I mean, right on the heels of annoying the hell out of me. <laughs> what, whatever, old crusty lips. Okay. <laughs> um, the, and the other thing was that, so that those two were like Eucharistic points. The third one is a Marian point, which uh, is helpful for me because, like, I, I, I have a better relationship with the Eucharist and Eucharistic adoration than I do with Mary. Like, just it, I've had more in-depth spiritual encounters with the Eucharist sure. than I have with Mary, right? Yeah. And I try, but yeah, this was one of those like, oh, I didn't see this coming, right? Mm. John noticed that Jesus was there. Like him leaping in the womb was because Mary started talking. It's like he recognized the mother of God's voice mm. left in the womb, mm. which then made him the first adore, wow. which was cool. And then the last one was that when Mary received the, so like th those three were all like Adventy, like this is, you know, yeah. Jesus is coming, you know, the Eucharist procession that all kind of connected. Um, but also when we're doing Advent, we're talking about like Jesus three comings. Like he, he, uh, he came then he's, coming now into our hearts and then he's going to come again at the end times, you know? Um, but I never thought about like, I, I've heard about it, but I never like thought about it or like pictured it. Like Mary went to mass after Jesus like died and resurrected. Like G she got to receive her son back in mm. the Eucharist, mm. which like, if you think about like Mary's story, like she had to watch her son get crucified, which like just, I mean, we talked about I mean, you and I share about the stuff going on with our kids all the time. Like, it's hard, but it's not watching them be crucified, you know, like it's, it's so like she had to go through that. And then she's like, well, I get to like, we're all like, oh yeah, she gets reunited in heaven and gets to become the queen and gets her crown all that stuff. But even before that, like on earth, she got to receive her son back like physically into her body, which is like how it started mm -hmm. for her. I was just like, this is so cool. Wow. Good Advent. See, yeah. I had all these uh, Advent realizations with my Christmas lights on my house. Is that what you were doing? You were putting up Christmas lights? I, when did you? When did this come no, to you? No, this was at the were mass in, right after the at, Christmas lights. Hold on. This came to you during mass? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. It's really, yeah. really beautiful. I was when hoping- I'm writing my own homeless because I have to. <laughs> what I wanted you to say is that it came to you in adoration, the um, that holy hour that no, you were- I, Yeah, I did it. I did my homework. It did not come then. <laughs> uh, oh, I love that. Thank you for that. You're I love very it. welcome. Yeah. I'll, I'll share it and give you lots of credit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're pretty close to hitting some pretty cool goals over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic, or just search Forte Catholic YouTube. And that involves watch hours. So if you literally just watch any of our videos, it would help us incredibly. Some of the ones I want to point out this week are the episodes of this show that you are currently listening to. 
If you want to watch next week's episode with your eyeballs instead of just your ear holes, uh, you can do that on our YouTube channel. Also, uh, we mentioned last week that uh, my first ever book review on the subtle art of not giving a you-know-what uh, is out on the channel now in our Catholic Perspective series. Uh, another good one to watch around this time is our review of the movie Spirited. It came out last year. Uh, it's a new Christmas movie last year. It's a new Christmas tradition for us. We'll be watching it again here uh, pretty soon. It's a movie on Apple TV. And uh, I think you should watch it. If you want to hear my thoughts on it, um, either before you watch it or after you watch it, you can do that all on our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe and go uh, go watch it. We hope that you enjoy it and it would be helping us up incredibly. Thanks. Welcome back to Fort the Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll and that is Allison Sullivan. If you thought she was frustrated with me earlier, no, just wait until the end I of this know. segment. I've been trying to de-escalate my own self all day in preparation for this. Uh, we talked a little bit about this yesterday as you were leaving my house. You came over yesterday yeah. uh, to record your show. We talked about this a little bit and you were like, you were like, one, I'm mad and I have to leave. And then two, we'll talk about this when there's an audience. I'm like, okay, right. great, yeah, perfect. Uh, so we have uh, differing opinions on the cancellation of Matt Reif, this comedian, stand up yeah. comedian. You've probably seen him. Uh, he's mostly a chin with a body. Uh, and he's he's gotten really popular on uh, your native TikTok, mostly from sh uh, sharing uh, crowd work. That's the, yeah, that's the main right. thing that he's been no known for is for you know making like making fun of people in the audience, and it's funny. Like you know, like um, but he recently uh, got his first ever Netflix special. So, like he came up, he got popular because of social media. Yeah. Um, and then this is his first Netflix special, which is like a big deal. And he's very popular. And so anytime anybody's very popular, they're going to have, you know, yes. it's going to be 50-50. Like if you look at sports, uh, Nick, you mentioned Nick Saban. Yes. It's 50-50, you know, like 100% of people in Alabama love him, uh, zero everywhere else and, you know, whatever. Um, but people are trying to cancel him. It's, I don't think it's working. Like I think it's only making him more popular. But um, I don't like that he's being canceled and you love it. Um. Yeah. I so the re let's maybe we should go into the reason sure. of why he's been canceled. So he made a I think that people uh, I think that people were really enjoying his crowd work. I think that people uh were fine with him, you know, kind of pushing a limit, being edgy. It's great. Um I think that you know the crowd work was novel because most comics are writers and so they're not inviting a whole lot of interruption. Uh, not true. Most good comics are writers. Uh -huh. uh, crowd work is like an amateur comic thing to do. So okay. it's very popular like in clubs and yeah. stuff. Uh, he just brought it like into like the mainstream as in like social media. Right, right, right. Well, one of the, I don't know anything, so whatever you say, but oh, one I, of the I'm, things. I'm just clipping that. I would. <laughs> It's going to be on repeat. Whatever yeah. you say. Whatever you say. Uh, whatever. No matter how this conversation goes, we're just going to play that at the end of the segment and it'll call it a day. <laughs> um, but one of the, the things that I was seeing is that the concern is that with these TikToks going viral, 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 that it's going to be an invitation for audiences to do this mm -hmm. at stand-up comedy. And that it's, that's not etiquette. That's not stand-up etiquette. So anyways, that, so that's why I say that. That So I think people were enjoying that because it felt new. You know, we don't, I don't know. We didn't see a whole lot of that. Um, and then I think people think he's good looking. You don't see it because all it is is a 30 second pause. A very right. large person comes and takes them out. Right. And they move right. on. Like right. that's what happens every night. At the right. So. <laughs> um, 
But I think people think he's good looking. I I don't think he's really. Like, I don't. I don't. That's fascinating. I know. I yeah. So anyway, so there's that. But um, a large his. Do you think uh, Zac Efron currently is good looking? Um, no. Did you think he was before he got his new chin? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I see the allure but more before than after. I yes. mean, like, yeah. I was just wondering if it was the chin thing. Yeah, no. Um, Zach Efron was way more handsome before. Yeah, than it did something weird, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, his crowd base was largely women. I think that you could argue. Um, and right out of the gate from this, on the special, I heard there is a joke that's not clever or crafty or creative about domestic violence where there's a woman at the restaurant. She's a hostess. She has a black eye and his friend is appalled. Gosh, this is the face of the restaurant. Can they could at least put her back in the kitchen? My gosh. And he's like, well, that's probably why she has a black eye. She can't cook or something along those lines. And so people are like, wow, really? It's, I don't know. It's just kind of 2023. It wasn't even like creative as opposed to if you're going to take on domestic violence, you could at least do it in a way that is either um, creative or empowering. So Eddie Murphy, for example, is like, remember back in the day when you could slap the out of your wife, man, now they're taking this in the eighties when there's like this big workout craze. Now they're taking aerobics and you better, you know, and so it's just, I mean, okay. And so when your crowd base is women and when they say, hey, not cool, and then you double, triple, quadruple down and say, this is me, middle fingers, um, yeah, I think you deserve not only um, the inappropriate joke, I think that there should be a line, a bright line between what's funny and what's hateful or dangerous. And then, but also the F you to the people who made you. I have seen, um, <laughs> how mean do I want to be to you? Let's see. I'm, uh, <laughs> you have some background information that lets you know I'm a little fragile. Right. Um, <laughs> everyone who doesn't like what he said says it's not creative or funny. When I think it actually was a pretty creative joke, not appropriate. But I do think it was creative. So that, that's been part of my pushback on this is everybody that said, like, whether it's him or with any other comedian, I'm a huge fan of comedy. And I think that comedy is one of the last places that we can speak freely and that people laugh. Like, uh, so I watched the special actually because you brought it up. <laughs> I hadn't watched it. I kind of heard about it. You brought it up. So like, while you're in here recording the show, I went and watched it and like heard the joke. Um, the part of it that was like like him and a lot of comics are shock and awe like whoa i can't believe that they said that right so he starts his comedy special with this joke and it's kind of uh, i'll there's some context not that it helps with the you know content or whatever so like even though i don't like what he said it didn't ruin the comedy special or him for me mm -hmm. because i watch comedy specials all the time mm -hmm. And you know what? I disagree with about, I don't know, depending on the person. I found comics that I like, so I tend to agree with a lot of what they're mm -hmm. saying. Um, but there are comics that like 25% of the set, I'm like, that's it's it's not what I believe about marriage or Catholicism yeah. or faith yeah. or uh, I wouldn't talk that much about sex or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't ruin it for me because I've accepted that mm -hmm. I'm in the arena of 
stand-up comedy. Yeah. And that like their job is to try to make us laugh. Mm -hmm. And when he said that joke, everyone laughed. The men were laughing. The women were laughing. Like no one got mad until the internet got mad. Like, and there were a couple times in the special and this both his and in other specials where people are like at first kind of like, Oh, and then kind of laugh. Cause it's that awkward laugh, which like, this was an, like, I, I, you know, I have found myself laughing at a lot of jokes that I don't agree with. There's, there's some in here. He makes fun of like, he, he does some stuff on Christianity. He dated a really, really Christian girl who was like the worst person ever. Like she was super devout, but like a terrible person. And I'm like, we all know people like that, mm -hmm. you know? So I liked that part. And then he started make, kind of making fun of Christianity. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. but like, again, I'm not expecting him to think like I do. I'm not expecting mm -hmm. him to be, uh, to be me or represent me in, in mm -hmm. any way. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm here to laugh. And I laughed at 85% of his special. So my big thing, like the whole cancellation thing just drives me crazy. Like if it's like, if, if he hit her, <laughs> cancel him right mm -hmm. but if he's making a joke about this thing i don't know it doesn't rile me up as much as other people have been riled up i guess yeah what i'm saying i don't not that i agree with it i'm just not yeah as riled up my i think it, i think there are some personality differences where it is important justice is important to me um lifting the lowered is important to me there's also some proximity if you have been in relationship with someone who has been abused, right. if you have loved someone who has struggled through uh, violence in a relationship, and that's not funny. There's nothing funny about it. It's 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 a harrowing experience, um, and I've never been in it, but I've walked with people through it. And there is so much fear and powerlessness that that there are lines that I hold because I think that you can say, oh, it's nothing. It's just a joke, except that there are people in this world and hear me when I say it that truly hate women. And so when you incite that in a people, that's a line for me. Mm -hmm. Hear me when I say that there are people in this world that truly hate black people. And when you, it's just a joke, and yet you are inciting and rallying and riling a group of people that truly have hatred, that feels dangerous, irresponsible. Um, and I think that we, what is your line? That's my line. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that our our values or our morals, because one of the things we talked about a little bit was this shouldn't, no, I'd never talk about it around a table, but I don't have much expectations like at a nightclub, you know, hearing whatever. Um, that's fine. But I just don't think that our values when it comes to safety even should have parameters like that. Like, I think those should be pretty consistent. I, and I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. And I think uh, I have gotten myself in trouble or hurt people's feelings. And some of the, sometimes it, it, the scenario I'm about to put out, sometimes I think it's my fault and sometimes I think it's overblown, which is why I'll, I'm not defending what he said, but I'll defend his right to make jokes about really any topic in a comedy special, because that's really like, who else is talking about domestic violence? It's not the government or people that are actually doing anything about it. Like, so there's, there's part of that. Um, but there are things that are triggers for some people that are not triggers for other people. And um, domestic violence is one that I think most people probably 
agree that it's like this is bad and yeah, but whatever. But I have gotten in trouble for things that I have said that are triggers to people that I don't know that they're triggers to people. And then there's there's blowback. And I'm like, in some scenarios, like uh, for example, for example, this was years ago. Uh, your mom jokes were very were the cool thing when I was in like junior high, high school, maybe even college. Right. One time I said a your mom joke, which whether they're appropriate or not, every guy was doing them for a 10 year span. His mom had just died. I didn't know that. Right. Mm -hmm. So am, am I the jerk? Sure. But at the same time, he had actually said a your mom joke to me before. Like, and I didn't realize that, like that, like he and I are friends. We've, we've joined, like, he wasn't like super offended, but it definitely like killed the moment. You know, like we were good enough friends, whatever. Right. But it's just like, this was the thing everybody was doing. Not necessarily harmful. It's meant to be a joking thing because usually it's a silly joke. Not, Hey, isn't it funny that your mom's dead? That's not the joke that I was making. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes there are just things in people's lives that aren't triggers and like, I can't know all of them right now. Some of them like domestic violence, you could say, I, I, I might even agree with you that they rise to like, maybe we should, maybe we, you know, you should never make a joke about it or whatever. But like, you've even said like, it was funny when Eddie Murphy did it. So like, because he was empowering that woman, but, she's going to hit you back and it's going to hurt. But he, but here's the thing. I don't think it's you. You are a social justice warrior. Great. And, and like, you're in the line of work to do that. Mm -hmm. He is not. He's a stand-up comedian. His job is to make people laugh. And in this, this scenario, he made some people laugh. He made the whole crowd laugh. Uh, and then he made a lot of people on the internet not laugh, right? Um, what's very interesting to me is that when you said that you were mad about it, like, just because I know you, you have a special needs son that you adopted. He made jokes about special needs people. And I, so I thought, like, just even me, I was like, oh, that's probably going to be a trigger. And you're like, no, nah, that's not it. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so like, even I I was, didn't know about that one. Um, cause I didn't watch it. What, what's interesting about the special needs thing is I, I think you would watch it and laugh because of your proximity to it, which is interesting, right? Like your proximity to the, um, domestic violence stuff was a, was a, uh, non-starter for you. Right. Um, it's interesting even how he did it. He was meeting a person that he didn't know this, this woman at the, at the thing. And it was all within this context of, you know, not that it makes it better or worse, but at least it's an explanation, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, you know, the whole thing, like, I'm not making an excuse. I just want you to know what's been going on in my life or whatever, right? Like, it was within, like, he was making fun of Baltimore. That's what he was doing. He was making fun of Baltimore, how ratchet it is, which is actually the reason I don't like him. He just talks black, and it's like, it's just what I did in junior high. Like, I grew out of it. He didn't, you know, like, mm -hmm. like I'm not like a super fan of his, right? But um, he's making fun of, like, this city is just inc incredibly messed up, section A. Mm -hmm. There's a woman with a black eye, like mm -hmm. meaning like if you're paying attention, like domestic violence is a problem in the city. And that's part of the reason why it's bad. Mm -hmm. So like if you just hear the one line, it's really bad when you hear it in context, you can still disagree with it and that's fine. But it's like he's saying it's bad, you know, so um, I don't know. Um, one of the things that I think you, so most people go into comedy because oh, hold on. let me pause yes. let me, because of the other thing, the proximity thing. So mm -hmm. like you have proximity mm -hmm. to that. Oh, yeah. He does not have proximity to her. So making fun of her can kind of seem worse. He has proximity to a special needs kid. And he talks about all of his special needs jokes are like, there's this person in my life that I love. And then he makes jokes about mm -hmm. special needs. And it's like, they're in on it. Yeah. Right. So th that even feels differently. Feels different. There's a joke at the end of it. That's actually the joke I hate the most. 
and it's a proximity thing for me. Like, um, he's making fun of somebody, which like is lower on the totem pole of like, he's making fun of a fat lady. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of funny at first, because again, I, I have some connection to this. I've talked about on this show, having to sit next to a fat person on an airplane. Like I've, but I stopped. Right. Mm-hmm. So I liked it to a point. So I'm like, Oh, I've experienced this. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he went to, and like, that's the part where I, you, you talked about punching down yesterday that he's mm-hmm. punching down on this woman, like, mm-hmm. I guess, but not intended. Right. But like, I thought he went too far with that one. So like, that was actually the part I didn't like. Again, mm-hmm. it's not gonna, it's not raising me to the thing of cancellation. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I thought he went too far there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just weird how we're all experiencing this differently Yeah, because we all have different life experiences. Right. And, yeah. So anyway, right. anyway, please. Well, I was just going to say that I, I think that comics go into what they're doing because it feels good to make a group of people laugh. Yeah. Laughing is, it's such a connector. You can't laugh and be mad at the same time. Like, it's just, it's a good thing to do. And that feels good. And I think that an enemy can take a good gift and can manipulate it. Mm -hmm. And so what I see is you have someone taking a shortcut to that intimacy that happens between a crowd. And so in that shortcut, I can say something shocking. And so I can say something taboo. I can take a shortcut and and force it to happen. And then when I get called on it, because that's actually not, it's taking me away from my craft, not to it. Um, other people might recognize the shortcut. Other people might enjoy the shortcut. That's regardless, but it's a shortcut nonetheless. And, and when I'm called out on that, I can give middle fingers to it and say, yep, that's right. That's what I do. And my thing is that that's a strategy that doesn't have anything to do with your craft anymore and has everything to do with numbers and has everything to do with um, creating a contrarian stir. I'm just a contrarian. I just say things that people hate. And that's a different skill than what you started out doing. And I think it's been manipulated by an enemy and it's a darn shame. And we should all say do better. I think it's the exact same skill. He got famous by making fun of people in the crowd. All of his crowd work is making fun of people. So like that what I saw normally ended with some sort of connection. There was some sort of laughing together that I that I think started with that was a good that was a good riff we just had. That was a good bond we just had. So you, you haven't know? seen the ones where he, people just yell at him for 3 minutes and she, that she gets kicked out? Like I, I just for me, even, even if I don't like, I didn't like 20% of what he said in the special. But the the outrage and this fake surprise is what bothers me. I'm like, how are you surprised? Like, how are you surprised after watching everything that he did on TikTok, literally why he got famous? Um, how are you surprised if you've ever watched any comedy show before? I'm just like, it's you didn't go to a sermon. You went to a stand-up comedy show. Like, right. Uh, wait, I, I and just my don't hope is outrage. that power holders would say, I liked the 80%. Here's what's wrong with the 20%. That power holders, that other men, we need other men, other strong, brave men to say that part wasn't okay. I can rail about it all day long. I'm I'm in the 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 lower power holding group here. So say that. It made too much money. It's gonna keep happening. I know. That's the because going back to the realist stuff. It because, just is what it is. <laughs> because there are people who are like, "That's my boy, right there," yeah. and it's a damn shame. I think what's um, from a comedy perspective. I listen to a bunch of comics that I actually like. Like 
Nate Bargazzi. I listen to his podcast uh, every week. And without naming names, they have definitely talked about Matt Rife before and how he wasn't respected in comedy circles because crowd work isn't real comedy. Mm-hmm. The last three minutes of Matt Rife's special was really cool. Because if we're being honest, he killed in, in the set. It was very funny. The 80% that I liked, very funny. And for everybody watching, it's probably a different 80% or a different 70% or whatever. It was a very funny comedy special. And the whole last thing was a, a big a big thing throughout his throughout his whole hour was people not believing in me, people saying I'm not a real comic. And he got to walk off the stage to a standing ovation and say like, oh, but what do I know? I'm just the crowd work guy. And he walked off. And I'm just like, so part of me is like happy for him. Cause I'm like, look, he's, he's, he's fought through all this stuff. He did it. He got his Netflix special and it was popular. Good for him. Right. Um, other, other, like, uh, we just watched in the same week, I watched Pete Holmes special. We've talked about Pete Holmes. Yeah. I don't think you told me about him. him. Uh, he started off as a, as a very Christian guy, got his whole life wrecked because uh, he was like the the youth pastor that married the pretty girl from church, and then she cheated on him, and got they got divorced, and mm. it it messed up his whole life story to where he went like completely off the deep end for a while, and now it's been fun. I've been a fan of his for a decade, and he's kind of coming back to like God and faith. But <laughs> what he talks about in every single one of his shows is God, relationships, and sex. I think that's like pretty close to one of his specials is like those three words, just different, you know, <laughs> with a thesaurus, you know. Yeah. Um, and like those are the like he's talking about the taboo things and again with pete it's like i agree with 80 percent of the stuff that he says the other 20 like he talks about sex a lot and ways that i wouldn't talk about i'm like and i'm like like kind of kind of cringing a little bit um but like i watched him the same week that i watched matt rife and had the same experience and like he's just not getting canceled because he's not he's not popular enough or not the thing the it thing right now like like matt rife is so i don't know it's Ultimately, for me, it's just uh, the two primary things. Why are you shocked when this is what you watched or didn't watch, right? Like, I think a lot of people that are mad didn't watch it. Just, I don't think it. I think you can watch it and be mad. I'm not completely dismissing that. But then the other thing is just like, this is like, what did you expect? How did you not see this coming? And it's just part of the medium. Like, so, like, put it, putting, putting onto him the expectations for who we are as people. I don't expect him to be a Catholic leader. I don't expect him to be a social justice leader. I expect him to try to say funny things to make money because that's what comedians do. So I don't know. You expect him to be a asshole comic that yeah. makes fun of women. Because that's what he's been. That's how he got popular. I don't expect him to be Mother Teresa. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not giving him any of my airtime. So we can, I don't know, choose different heroes i suppose not that you're making calling him a hero by any means but i certainly don't wish He's him my well 580th favorite comic <laughs> well, I, I, but you're but you're like you know having a moment of pride for him as he steps off a stage because he like overcame some haters like i don't wish him well i am but, i hope but, but, that your but, audience dwindle and dwindle and dwindle until there is only one. Ooh, so you don't want him to so earlier you said that you wanted him to be, be get better and now you're saying you don't want him to have an audience at all Oh, sure. No change. No, you change. But that's 
likely because of his idolatry only going to happen when crowds get smaller and smaller and smaller. And he actually has to reckon with. Um, but what that requires is for brave people to stand up and say, we don't tolerate that. And that you're right, likely won't happen. Yep. Here we are. Now I want you to watch Pete Holmes and see what you think. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a Pete Holmes retrospective uh, on, on the next episode. Let this be a call to brave men. Women need your voice and your activism and your help to call other douchebag men out. Women, don't go to Baltimore. I'm Taylor Soul. That's Allison Sullivan. I'll be back in a week. So I'll be back in a month. See ya. <laughs>Thank you all for watching and listening to today's episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, that the last segment didn't have a nice pretty bow on the end of it, but sometimes that just is how friendship is and it, it could be how podcast is too. So uh, let us know your thoughts on today's show. We hope that it helped you with your advent. We hope that it got you riled up because I would imagine that some of you have some thoughts on that old Matt Rife guy and the whole cancellation thing and all the topics that we talked about. Uh, and then also uh, let us know what you thought about if you haven't seen the pictures of Allison uh, in LA at Allison M. Sully on Instagram or on her TikTok that has, you know, millions and millions of people following it. Uh, go check out those pictures. They had such a, a fun time and it was fun for me to live vicariously through them because they are just so much cooler than me. So hit subscribe. If you like this, share it with a friend and we'll be back next week. Love you.